Lord, there's nothing else to say except that you are great, that there is none like you. Lord, all the songs that Dale has sung this morning is the fact that you are the unique, the great I am, the one who there is no equal. And so, Lord, what a, what a privilege to be able to worship with believers again this morning. And even though, to some extent, it's behind masks, and I know I'm standing up here without a mask and preaching, but to be able to herald your word to people and see their faces and not just on the digital platforms, to be able to sing your praises together, Lord, what a privilege and how we have missed it. And Lord, as those who are listening on the digital platforms, as we join in unison to worship you, to exalt you, to, Lord, lift you up to the highest place that you are deserving of, Lord, we do pray that we are bringing pleasure to you, to you in your throne room. <clears throat> And I pray, God, that your, your heart would be warmed this morning as we worship and pray the only, worship and pray to the only true God. Jesus be enthroned in our hearts this morning. Everyone said, Amen. So I can say, take your seats for the first time in a very long time to the handful of people that are here. And I uh, feel like a bit of a rock star with all these lights shining on me. Can't really see too many people that are sitting, but I'm sure... It's going to be a little bit easier to be able to preach to the guys that are here. And um, so we are busy with a series, a kind of a mini-series, just talking about following Jesus. What does that look like and how does it go? And a few weeks ago, I introduced it. And when we had um, Alexander and uh, Jill, and then we had uh, Paul and Tracy Tottle last week. And so we're going to get back to this mini-series that I started. And it's about the fact that we have the invitation of Jesus to become his apprentices. And uh, it's important to understand that being an apprentice means that we need to order our lives around three specific goals. And those are up on the screen behind me. It's to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. And so this morning what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a bit more of a deeper dive into being with Jesus. And uh, we're going to go basically into each one of these over the weeks to come. Now, a lot of the stuff, what we're going to be doing is, and I want to ask you guys, go onto our website. You'll see that Louise and the team have been hard at work, and we, we, we're totally redoing our website, and we're putting on there a section that is about spiritual practices, about following Jesus. And uh, we've taken a number of the contents, a number of the content is coming from practicingtheway.org, Bridgetown, John Markoma and the guys there, but also putting on our own spiritual content. And what will be on there is um, specific things around uh, how you do these practices, how you go about it. There's going to be video, there's going to be uh, written content, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff there. So why don't you go up there, why don't you go have a look, um, get online and see what, and give us some feedback about what's working and what's not working. So without further ado, let's get going on to some texts. So John chapter 1 and verse 35, it says, The next day John was there again with his two disciples. This is John the baptizer. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus said to them, Why are you following me? What do you want? And they said, Rabbi, where are you staying? And these important words, he says, Come, and you will see. And then verse 45, just a couple of verses on, it says, And Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? 
Nathanael ask? And what does Philip say? He says, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And from verse 48, it says, how do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus said, I saw you while you were sitting under the fig tree. And there's quite a background story behind this, which I won't go into right now. And before Philip called you, Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than this. Then he added, very truly, I say to you, heaven will open and angels, you will see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And so the, you've got this, if you look at that and you notice the language, did you see how many times it said, come and see? I think so many people are like, they hear of, of other followers of Jesus um, experience God in a certain way and say, I really want to experience God. I really want to be a person of love. I really want to experience the peace of God in my life. But, and I hear others talking about it and I hear people encountering God, but I don't really get it. I don't really understand it. I don't see it for myself. And what Jesus is saying is, come and see. The invitation this morning is for Jesus to say, come and be with me. Come and see that all of what you've heard, all of the rumors, all of what others talk about is true. And Philip does the same thing. So this morning I'm saying to you, like Jesus, like Philip, come and see. Come and see Jesus. The invitation is still open for us today to know exactly who he is. And so I know that Jesus isn't here in the flesh. And when you say, come and see, he's not right here. But I want to go through a process of how we can be with Jesus throughout this process. So John chapter 14. The reality is Jesus has gone. So how do we do this? How do we get into being with Jesus when he's not here physically? Well, Jesus tells us that in John 14, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or helper, as some of the translations say, to help you and he will be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. So it's interesting here, this word is the paraclete, the parakletos, and it can actually be translated, I will give you another of me. In another part of the scriptures, it says that Jesus is the original paraclete, the original one who is our helper. And so he's saying, I'm going to give you another just like me, and it's Holy Spirit himself. And then verse 17, it says, the world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives in you, and he will be in you, and I will not leave you as orphans, and I will come to you. So we know that Holy Spirit is so key, and engaging with Holy Spirit. So what Jesus is saying here, that this process is to live in a constant state of awareness of and connection to Holy Spirit, and that's how we be with Jesus. And then he goes on in chapter 15, and I'm going to show you this metaphor describing this new reality and how we enter into this new reality. And he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. And, and so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I've spoken to you, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. <laughs> that, that word remain is the Greek word meno. And, and what it's saying is it's, it, it's, it can mean to abide or it can be to remain in, to stay in. And it's important for us to understand. He said it four times. And now look, in the coming verses from uh, verse 5, he says it four more times. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me, let me say that again. Apart from 
Jesus, we can do nothing as far as the spiritual formation is concerned. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked, are picked up and thrown into the fire to be burned. It's really just for firewood. It's just really to help us keep warm. But he says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. And notice this, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So in order to be an apprentice of Jesus, in order to show us, to show the world that we are apprentices and disciples of Jesus, is that we remain in Him and we bear His fruit to the glory of the Father. Now, the reality is, is that what Jesus is doing is he's emphasizing being in the presence of the Father and staying there, abiding. It doesn't mean that we go off to some kind of monastery and we sit there and we just hmm ha and we kind of spend ourselves in alone kind of shut off from the rest of the world no it's it's actually while you're having your cup of coffee especially while you're having your first cup of coffee in the morning as you start waking up you're with the father you're in his presence it's on your morning and evening commute back and to and fro from the office you can be in the presence of the father all day long while you're doing email while you move and have your being while you're in the shops you can have this sense of the Father's presence all along. There's a guy called Brother Lawrence, and he wrote these kind of memoirs of the practice of the presence of God. And he says the following, he says, The time of business does not with me differ from the time of prayer, and the noise and the clutter of my kitchen. He was like a dishwasher, kind of a caterer for the monks in this particular monastery. And he says, while several persons are at the same time calling me for different things, you can imagine the, what it looks like in a kitchen. You know, somebody's peeling potatoes, somebody's doing this, somebody's doing that, and it's just chaos. And what he's saying is, is it doesn't matter for me. Because he goes on to say this. He says, I possess God as great tranquility as if I were upon my knees in the blessed sacrament. So whether he's in the kitchen and the hustle and bustle of that moment preparing a meal for the monastery, or whether he's actually at the, the moment of, of quietness in the mornings, doing the sacrament that was of the highest order for the Catholic priests and monks of the time. He's saying it doesn't matter. It's exactly the same. There are no times and no places where we cannot commune with God. And I love this. He says, get in the habit of entertaining yourself with God. I wonder if we could, as a, as a people, be entertaining ourselves in the presence of God. Now, Brother Lawrence understood that this was, he devoted himself and his whole life to a constant state of awareness and connection to Holy Spirit. And he understood that it was going to take him a lifetime to even get to a place where it would be something that would be sustained. How much more for us in our kind of noisy, busy Johannesburg lifestyle and this hyper-connectivity of our digital world. It's great to have you guys online and, and thank you for joining us. But I would rather see you here. I'd rather see your smiling face. I'd rather give you a hug. I would rather see you in person and have incarnational Christianity as we've been called to do. And so it takes a deliberate choice for us to be able to engage, engage Jesus the way that we need to. See, spiritual activities are for the mind, it's for the soul, it's for the whole body. And we need to orientate ourselves around the person of Jesus and around the reality of the life in which he lived. And the problem is, is that spiritual practices have become obsolete in our time. We, we, I don't know, maybe we think it's legalistic, maybe we think it's outdated. And so very few followers, followers of Jesus that I know actually engage in spiritual practices on a regular basis and practice the presence of God. Now if I ask you this question, is the point of reading the Bible, reading 
the Bible. Just to get to know what's in it. Is the point of prayer, prayer? Is the point of fasting, fasting? Going without food? Absolutely not on all three accounts. The whole purpose and point of reading your Bible, the whole purpose and point of prayer, the whole purpose and point of fasting is to engage Jesus and to be with Him. He is the means to the end. I mean, these things are the means to the end, which is Jesus. And so it's like a, 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 a radio station, and, and you've got a, a radio player, and, you, and you, you're tuning yourself, you're tuning your mind, your imagination, your body to experience Jesus, to the frequency of the Holy Spirit in all of those cases. And so it is Jesus saying, come and see. Come and see what I have in store for you. You see, when we read texts like this out of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the cravings and the desires of your flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. But they are in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do what you, whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then it goes on to say in verse 19, it says, The acts of the flesh are obvious, and it gives you this list of sexual immorality, impurity, hatred, drunkenness, all kinds of stuff. And he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's about living in the kingdom of God right now, as well as into the future. And then verse 22, which is where I want to spend a lot of my time for the rest of the time that I've got with you this morning, is, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus or the, to Christ Jesus, having crucified the flesh with his passions and desires, since we live by the Spirit, and what do we do? We keep in step by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. See, many understand this text as you, you, need, to be, you need to be loving. Peter, you need to be loving. Dale, you need to be loving. You need to be patient. You need to be joyful. Come on, what are you doing? Just do it. Be, be at peace in this crazy time in COVID-19 and us behind masks and not having church. Just do it. Come on. Yeah, use your will. Just whatever. But it's not a matter of will. It's actually about an inner disposition of the heart that these things happen. It's not a command. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You see, the thing is, I cannot be more loving by gritting my teeth. I cannot obtain peace by just exerting my will because the problem is, is that my will will only take it maybe till lunchtime. So I can fake it, maybe for a little while, but my willpower just won't, won't sustain me being loving, won't sustain me being patient and good and kind and self-controlled. See, we can act more loving, but actually we can't be more loving by the act of the will. That's why if I say to you, come on, man, just, just have self-control. Just stop allowing that addiction to, to do Just stop it. If we could do that, it would be great. Or take the blue pill. It'll help you. But there are, or there is, a command which is mentioned twice. Verse 16 and verse 25. And it says, let's walk with the Holy Spirit. With, with the Holy Spirit. Let's walk in step with Him. You see, if we take all of these texts together, we see that by walking in step with the Holy Spirit, we abide with Jesus. And we partner with God who brings about change in us that we become like Him because we are in the vine. And it's only when the branch is in the vine that it can start to produce the grapes. And it's not like the vine goes, oh, and out pops a grape. 
I know from my announcement, like I said to Paul, the, 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 the thumbnail you've got on my announcement about church, and that's not opening, it looks like I'm on the toilet. A, a, a grapevine produces grapes because that's what it does naturally, but the branch has to be grafted into the, the vine itself in order to produce that. It's the same with us as apprentices of Jesus. We can't produce love. We can't produce peace. No, we start to, what happens is we don't do it by trying really hard. We don't do it by, we simply do it by abiding with Jesus through Holy Spirit and allowing God to change us from one degree of glory to another into Jesus one day at a time incrementally. So how, how do we do this? I mean, we're in this crazy digital age. How do we walk in step with the Spirit and abide in the vine with this crazy digital social media stuff with all of these crazy things that have been going on in this week and uh, without even trying to comment on some of the stuff. We've got social media, we've got email, we've got text, we've got alerts. You know, do this, do that. We've got this meeting, we've got that Zoom meeting. Or maybe you're back at work and you've got just one meeting back to back. Well, the answer is simple. Live like Jesus. It, it, it is, it's not easy, <laughs> but it's as simple as that. Live like Jesus. If you want to experience the life of Jesus then we need to follow Jesus and live and adopt the lifestyle that Jesus had. Not just believe the right stuff about Jesus. I think as Christians, as people who say they're following Jesus, they know a lot about him, but they actually, and they believe a lot about him, but they don't follow and adopt the lifestyle. Now here's, here's an amazing guy, Terry Crew. He's 51 years old. I turned 51 this year. I would love to look like that. I mean, that is an amazing body. And he's, he's the king of peck popping. Do you know how to pick pop? I know how to do that, although things are starting to slip a lot more. But the point is, I would love to be able to have a body like that. But I know that, that Terry Crew, in order to have a body like that, he must have a really strict diet. He must work out a lot. And I know he's an actor and probably got the, the time to be able to do that. And it's part of what he does. But the fact is, is his lifestyle, if I want to look like that, I would have to adopt the lifestyle that would result in a body similar to that. But do I want it? I want the byproduct. I want to go into the beach and take off my shirt and my chest is where it should be. But the fact is, is that the problem with this is that, that I, I don't really want to adopt the lifestyle that gets the byproduct of this body. What about a musician? I mean, we've got some musicians here. We've got Bron here. Uh, uh, Grant. The fact is, is that <laughs> you don't just pick up a, a guitar or, a, or pick up a keyboard and start playing it. No, it, you have to actually give your life to it. You have to adopt a lifestyle of practicing all the time so that you can play the keyboard, that you can play a guitar, that you can do whatever you want to do. And even a voice. Ask Dale, he has to go to singing lessons in order to get his voice there because it's an instrument. You don't just, oh, I've got it. Well, very few in terms of singing. You devote your whole life to it. What about those people that you meet and they're so well read? They know all of what's going on. They know this and that country and they know this and you, you talk about that. I mean, Roger, I know you're listening to that. You're so well read. Sometimes I go, how do you know that stuff? Like, where do you get that stuff? But the point is, is that we can sit there and go, well, I, I want the byproduct of all that knowledge, but do I really want to sit there reading books day in and day out? Me, probably not. I know there are others that love reading. Louise loves reading. Sometimes I go, babe, why don't you just read this and tell me what it means? Because <laughs> it's just so long. Especially you prophetic types. Can you not give me an executive summary? See, but if we're really honest, we don't want to put the effort in to have a body like Terry Crew. 
to have the knowledge that some people have, like Roger does, to have a musicianship. Uh, so many people that I know, oh, I wish I'd taken up piano. I meant to. I intended to. And they're now 70, 80 years old and they never did. So, the reality is this. Your life is the byproduct of the lifestyle that you choose. And you cannot get away from that. Your habits, your rituals, your routines, the way and how you spend your money and your time, that will produce and give you the results of the things that you have. And to expect to have a body like that or be a musician or to be well-read without actually adopting a lifestyle or putting those things into practice, you will never achieve those things. And you will walk away, oh, it doesn't work. So my question is, what are the results you are getting in your spiritual formation? Are you loving people? I mean, to be honest, I can't stand this virtual signaling happening on social media. I want to say, I want to see your life. How do you treat a person of different ethnicity in your day-to-day dealings? Putting a little black square on your Facebook profile does absolutely nothing for me. What are you doing day-to-day? Are you generous? Are you loving? Are you breaking down prejudice when you hear a racial joke or you hear somebody say something about another person of, color, of different color? That, for me, is more important than this virtual signaling that we all just jump on the bandwagon and have no idea what we're doing, but everyone else is doing it, so let's just do it. We need to stop doing that as followers of Jesus and actually demonstrate that through action that we love people. Love is an action, not a social media post. Let's be joyful. How are we being joyful? Are we being joyful? Are we joyful in a time that we feel there's not much to be joyful about? Do you have the peace? You know, Jesus says the following in John 14. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. In other parts of Scripture, Jesus is our peace. I do not give to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We live in a time of huge anxiety. Everybody's anxious about so many things. Even here, coming this morning, and we, we came and we sanitized the place. And are we going to sanitize afterwards? And then we're going home and we've all got our masks. And you know, I can't even see who that behind the lights, who that is. Because, you know, the point is, is that we feel so disconnected on some levels with Jesus, you're saying your peace, but I don't feel it, Lord. Why am I not feeling at peace? We're anxious, I'm stressed out, and relationships are stressed and strained and all of those kind of things. And I would love to have that kind of peace, Jesus, that you're talking about here. Things are only going to come by following Jesus, by living like Jesus, by adopting the lifestyle of Jesus. He was never in a rush. You know, I said, you never see Jesus running. Maybe he did. Maybe he got up for a morning jog or something, I don't know. But you don't hear of Jesus running around. He was unhurried in his life. He spent a lot of time in community, but he also spent a lot of time alone in God's presence. He got up really early at times, before the sun even came up. Other times he prayed throughout the night. He spent a lot of time sleeping because the disciples had to wake him up quite often in the scriptures. So for some of us, that's pretty cool. So sometimes, yeah, he was up before sunrise, but other times, kind of 10 a.m., he was saying, hey, guys, can I have my coffee? He took the Sabbath. He rested. One day a week, he took it off. He was at the synagogue. He was at church every week at the Sabbath, at the Sabbath. He lived simply, content and free of distraction of materialism and the hedonistic society in which we live in. And yet he was at peace. Now, I know some of you will say, but he was God. Of course he's going to be at peace. No, no. Remember, he put, set aside his divinity. He walked this earth as a man in the power of Holy Spirit. 
And actually, if we look at it, he lived in a similar problem-issued world that we live in. And in fact, he kind of got tortured and killed, so I think he's kind of ahead of the curve than where we are. Yet he was still at peace. See, many of us are so busy and constantly on our smartphones. These things, and at the moment I know I'm 22 minutes in, I'm landing now, is in a recent study in the US, do you know that the smartphone usage that uh, an average user touches their screen 2,617 times a day? Over 145 minutes on your phone a day. That's the average. Some of you are worse, children. Screen zombies, as I call you. And then you don't sleep because you're going to bed with the screen on. You don't Sabbath. You don't rest like Jesus has asked us to. And we wonder why we're not experiencing the peace of God. Because we're reading all the, the social media and the stuff. And all of the stuff is just rising up inside of us. Whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's uh, coronavirus or whether it's some racial, racial systemic thing or whatever it is. We just get so bombarded with this thing that we are not even focusing on what Jesus can do. And we as followers of Jesus can make a change by touching people's lives day to day, moment by moment. You see, love, joy, and peace are byproducts of being an apprentice of Jesus. When we take the lifestyle of Jesus, when we take it on, we start to engender peace because we become like him and we become peaceful people. We become loving people. Like I said, many people intend to have the ripped body, become musicians, be well-read. But actually, the reality is that we avoid the life that actually results in the reality of that. We do that with our prayer life, don't we? I mean, how many of you, I've done this so many times. Okay, Lord, I've got 10 minutes. And I sit down with, with Jesus and I go, okay, Lord, so I need this and I need that and I'm praying for my father-in-law and I'm praying for this and, I, and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And Lord, I need this and oh, I need self-control, Holy Spirit, today. Um, anything, Jesus? No? Okay, I'll see you next week, same time, same place. That is probably the extent to 90% of followers of Jesus. We bring that busyness and that hurriedness into our, our relationship with Jesus. Now, here's my suggestion. Why don't we start to simplify one thing this week? that you can make space for Jesus. Take one thing out that's extra, that's not really necessary activity for you, so that you can spend some time with Him and put one practice in place. How's it going with the five minutes of just going to Jesus' presence and bringing your mind back to Him the whole time? Five minutes, we said. How many, have we, how many of us have done that every day? Maybe just once last week of the last three weeks? I'm not trying to do a guilt trip on you. I'm saying, if we want to be like Jesus, we need to practice the presence of God through Holy Spirit so that we are changed into the, who Jesus is and adopt His lifestyle. Take time to be with God. Take time to practice His presence. For me, I've got some non-negotiable uh, practices that I know that if I'm not doing, I drift away from being like Jesus. Reading and studying Scripture. Living in community. For me, this morning is like... <sighs> just be able to see faces. And I know I can't hug and kiss you just yet. Silence and solitude, just going off, just let me breathe, let me just engage God around us. I've struggled with the Sabbath, being honest, kind of just too much going on, but I have tried it a few times, and each time I do it, I get to do it better. Starting to get back into, okay, let me just take some time out. But then make a list of the things that you can do. Your personality, maybe you're introvert, maybe you're extrovert. Experience within community, experience alone. 
thing is, is when we do this, we need to reorientate our lives around what we've known based on the template that Jesus set before us. Start where you're at, not where you want to be. Just little steps. Start to do this together in community. We'll figure this thing out. But the more that we are with Jesus, the more we will exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, the more we won't have what's going on in our world today. I honestly think these so-called Christian nations that we call ourselves, very few people are engaging Jesus or know anything but Christ-like. But if we are with Jesus, we become like Him. Now, I understand. None of us is a young Jewish male itinerant rabbi. Okay? You know, maybe Paul, but the rest of us are far from that. But we, learn, we need to learn how to take this template set by Jesus and actually live it out, whether we are at a stay-at-home mom or dad, whether we're an executive, whether we are a student, whether we are an employee or employer, it doesn't matter. The point is that there is a life that is waiting for you. There's an open invite to come and see. To come and see so that we can be with Jesus. Quieten our minds, to quieten our bodies in the midst of the chaos and the noise of our life. That when we are with Jesus, we become like Jesus. We receive the peace of Jesus. And it's not about, oh, I've got to have peace in this time. But I am peace because I've been with the one who is peace. During the week, I want you to look online. We're going to post. We'll let you know when it's up. But I've put a thing up of imaginative prayer. What imaginative prayer is, is to imagine, according to Scripture, what the outcome should be. Imagine a world free of racism. Imagine a world where there's no sickness and disease, where my father-in-law doesn't have cancer in his body. Imagine a world where there's no strife, where people love each other, where we are patient with one another, where goodness and kindness is our default where we're not stuck up in addictions because we've got self-control. And not because I'm going, oh! Imagine. And imaginative, imaginative prayer imagines Jesus and imagines that world and prays into it and expects the outcome to be there. So there's a process and a video that will be sent out this week to show us how to do that, to take us to another level. We've done the centered prayer. Let's spend more time being with Jesus, to become like Him. Father, thank You for Jesus. Thank You that we get to be with Him. And Lord, I pray that, Holy Spirit, that You would draw us in such a way over this next season to be with Jesus because we know that You are the channel in a sense. You are the connection who remind us of what Jesus has said and, and provide the presence of God for us to be able to engage Jesus in a way that causes us to change from the inside out and to impact the world around us with the fruit of the Spirit and not the fruit of the flesh. And so, Lord, we give ourselves again to you. And we know it's simple, but it's not easy, Lord. And so thank you for community that we can do this together in our life group context and beyond. Lord, that we would be a fruitful people bringing you glory, Father. We ask this in your name. Amen. Trust you guys have an amazing week and uh, over to Paul just to put the uh, final announcement into place. Cheers guys, see you next week.